Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Tywana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory scientist by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership consultant at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Disc Certified Consultant, Send Out Cars Referral Partner, and co-owner of the Rec Impact Broadcasting Radio Network. Before we bring on my special guests, we have a few announcements. I am booking guests for this podcast for the 2020 year. So if you are interested in being a guest on this show, you can go to www.podcast.coachtwilson.com to submit your interest. All of my leadership strength assessments are on sale at TrendyEliteLLC.com. Thank you to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Luckle and Ms. Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio and TV Network, LLP. You all are in for a treat tonight. We have a special show lined up for you tonight. Just on yesterday... I released my first anthology, Leadership Tidbits, where I was able to bring together industry trailblazers who shared their stories of leadership, communication, personal growth, and development for our next generation of leaders so they can, too, press forth and be great leaders in their respective fields. Tonight, I have the pleasure of interviewing two of the co-authors that were part of this project. We have our forward author, Dr. Karen Bankston, and we also have one of our co-authors, Dr. Arthur Williams. So, we will jump right in and get started. I will bring them on so they can share a little bit about themselves, and then we'll jump right into the book. So, Dr. Bankston, can you tell the listener audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, thank you, Coach T, for inviting me again. I really enjoyed our conversation the last time that I was on your show. Um, I am a connector. Um, I have a 40-year career in healthcare. I'm a nurse by background, but spent the the uh, most of my career as a manager and a leader, uh, as a hospital administrator in hospital systems. Um, right now, I'm retired from hospital administration and have been in academia for the last eight years. As I've been looking at the impact of the social determinants and its impact on uh, African-American individuals' ability to thrive, that whole notion of being able to connect uh, really has facilitated my ability to, to do that research, and I'm so excited about some of the findings that we're um, 
uh, identifying and how that's really helping me to really connect others and, and to be able to lead in our community. What I'm really excited about and, and having participated in this book and, and being able to reach out because there are so few African-Americans who have participated or been able to do some of the work that I've done as a hospital administrator um, is most recently I was inducted as a fellow in the American Academy of Nurses in, uh, in October, and I am so honored and humbled to have been recognized um, at that level, particularly when you think of the tens of millions of nurses that are across the world, and there are less than 3,000 nurses that are uh, inducted into this academy. I, I feel so blessed. And uh, when we talk about the whole notion of uh, leadership, one of the things that I know is very important is that it's all about the relationships. It's all about the relationships and the values that we bring and our ability to utilize those values to help us to facilitate uh, others being able to do and be the best that they can. I I know that's what our book is about. Um, as I've read uh, the book to see what others have, have said and shared, it becomes so evident to me that what I have always thought is true. And so I'm excited to hear... Um, to talk with uh, us this this evening and uh, see what else we can talk about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Bankston, and congratulations on being inducted into the Nursing Academy, the Academy of Nursing as a fellow. That's an awesome uh, accomplishment and a, and a very big deal. Dr. Arthur Williams, we have you as well. Can you tell the listeners about yourself? Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here uh, on the line tonight, and thank you for having me on your show. Um, first of all, I'm honored to be a part of this great um, collaboration. Um, and it's always been a dream of mine to share some insights and some of my experiences and learning. So Arthur Williams, who is he? He is born, uh, was born in North Philadelphia, uh, youngest of nine children, um, and migrated to Maryland to pursue education and for the past 23 years, I've been serving um, in all kinds of schools, supporting uh, diverse communities and leading those at, uh, communities as a teacher, as a system principal, and as a principal. I'm also uh, working in higher education as an adjunct professor at Loyola University in Maryland and Hood College in, in Frederick, Maryland. So I love education. I love supporting the next generation of leaders. And um, I'm just glad to be here uh, and to share with your audience tonight. Awesome. So excited to have you here. I'm always excited to have our educators on the on the call, on the line, because you all have, do such powerful work in our communities. So, so, Dr. Williams, we'll go ahead and get started with you. And can you tell the listeners a little bit about your chapter? Your chapter is pretty cool, and, and it's already got some uh, reviews on Amazon about it. So can you share with the listeners a little bit about your, about your flavor, your flavor of leadership? 
So in my chapter, um, I talk about the leadership game. I try to say that, you know, we need to approach our leadership journey as a game, and the ultimate goal of the game is to do what? Is to win. So every leader, and whether it's a formal leadership uh, position or just a place where you have influence, where people look up to you, where you have the ability to change the atmosphere, you are a leader. So with that, the leaders um, sometimes going to encounter some challenges along the way. So in my book, I kind of outline some strategies and tips um, for uh, leaders to consider. And I start off by talking about this up mindset. Uh, up is a mindset. So you constantly, as a leader, kind of got to think about how do you um, maintain momentum while you're leading and serving others. All leaders at their core should have a service component. How do you serve others? And sometimes in doing that, you got to pick yourself up and you have to pick others up. So I kind of talk about this up mentality. So I start out by talking about you got to wake up. you got to overcome the status quo. So there's going to be times when you are in your leadership position, your leadership journey, where people are going to just have the status quo or they're going to rely on that. So you as a leader has to change the atmosphere. And I get some tips from my own experiences in spaces that I've been in where it was necessary to wake up and challenge the status quo. And then I get into um, get up. And that talks about overcoming fear. So there are times on a leadership journey where you're going to have fear. And you know fear can immobilize you. It can immobilize others. It can stop others from pursuing their destiny. So in that chapter, I give some strategies on how to um, think about fear. Um, And one um, author said, fear is false evidence that appears real. So how do we overcome that fear and continue to pursue our destiny while leading and serving others? And then I talk about on the leadership journey, you have to stay up. So sometimes in an organization where you're leading an organization, where you're supporting others, people get complacent. They rest on on the accomplishments of yesteryear. So I kind of encourage leaders to look out for that complacency syndrome. And then finally, on the leadership journey, you have to always figure out a way to constantly tune yourself up, um, get your tune-up, rediscover your passion so that you can be available to serve at even a higher level. So I hope that uh, those strategies and tips resonate with people, and I was just excited to uh, share some of our practical experiences with others, and hopefully they can benefit from them. That is awesome. That is very awesome. And even one of the the people that read our book, they actually said, Dr. Williams writes a great chapter title, Are You Up on Your Leadership Game? Thank you for the very practical, simple tips to strengthen leadership practices. I'm woke and I'm ready to stay up. So it's already is already resonating with our readers. So that is some powerful stuff. So a part of my vision for this book was to give our next generation of leaders practical information, information that they could readily apply, that they could use in their professional life and personal life that wasn't so uh, research-based. It, it, you know, we want it to be practical for people to use. It's working with our young people, they don't always resonate with the word leadership. And so they think it's something that's not in their DNA. And that's why it was important to bring 
all of you leaders together to share your experiences. So, Dr. Bankston, you kicked us off on this book, serving as our forward author, uh, and you said, you know, I'm a boss, but I'm not bossy. I'd be the boss. Now, tell us a little bit about this. (laughs) I'd be the boss. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, as I was listening to Dr. Williams talking, I, I, and I had my cell phone, you know, I had to chuckle because I love the way that he walked through those steps. You know, um, I I titled my the the forward. I be the boss, but I'm not bossy, um, because when I first went into a leadership position, I thought it was about being the boss. No, and because there wasn't, um, I was 27 years old. I was very young, and that was a long time ago. That was almost 40 years ago. And and I, I, I thought I was just supposed to tell people what to do, and of course they would do it. And again, as I said in my opening remarks, what I quickly learned was it really was about establishing relationships and connecting individuals to, so that they could be the best that they could be in an environment in order to reach certain goals. And so what I what I know now and, and what I learned over time is that being the boss doesn't mean that you have to be bossy. What it does mean is that you have to be inspirational. What it does mean is that you have to get individuals to understand what the vision is and allow them to co-create with you in a way to come up with strategies that will lead to the outcome that we all are are looking for together. Now, that's not always easy because sometimes you have people in your boat that want to go in a different direction. The leader is going to be able to facilitate with that individual one or two things. Now, this is sometimes controversial for some. And that is, we're either going to be able to facilitate their ability to reflect on themselves, and this gets into my whole notion of knowing what you value and value what you know, valuing the vision that we we're co-creating together, getting in the seat that's the right seat for them, you know, that is capitalizing on their skill set and what it is that's important to them and providing them with resources that they need in order to be able to do that, surrounding them with, with mentors and, and things that they need, all the things that others who wrote chapters in the book have talked about, having to, to do that. But But if that doesn't work, which sometimes it doesn't because we're all human, then also working with them in a humane way to facilitate their ability to to get in a place where they can be successful. So the whole idea of not being bossy says for me and, and being a leader is that I have to understand the whole organization as a system of individuals connected together for a way to um, operationalize a vision that has strategies, and you know, depending on the size of the of the organization, multiple strategies because sometimes it gets very very complex in order to move into a, a, a direction that's going to accomplish the goals. Not always easy. Not always easy, and you know, I, I, I did the ups and downs, and the looking to the up, the ups and the downs, and the rights and the lefts uh, as well, coming through at a time when it wasn't necessarily um, as politically correct to have someone who looks like me to be in a position of authority. Um, but having said that, 
what I believe and and what I what I uh, spend so much of my time doing now is really working with young women in particular, young African American women um, specifically, um, to identify what it is that they believe in and help them with their self-esteem and their self-knowledge and their their self-identity to be able to navigate those, the the rough patches that oftentimes get in the way of their being able to be the leaders that they are destined to be. And so I be the boss, but I'm not bossy. I don't need to be the person that's yelling and screaming and stomping and being evil and cutting their eyes and all the kinds of things that oftentimes people think being the boss is about. What it's really about is establishing those relationships that and creating an environment that supports people being able to be the best that they can be. Absolutely. That's that's pretty powerful stuff. And when I was looking at another one of our reviews, one of them said, you know, that this book was more than tidbits. It was a life-changing collection of greatness. The collection of leadership stories and commentary is practical, timely, and thought-provoking. The authors did an excellent job of sharing some excellent tips. Thanks for helping other leaders grow and learn. I am forever changed. So it just you know, reading that and, and listening to you all talk about, you know, your your chapters and, and the information that you contributed, I can tell that it's already making an impact on our readers. So you know, you know it's, why- it's interesting that you it's interesting that you read that because one of the uh, on the um Facebook page um that we did, uh someone wrote on my page that I hadn't seen for I don't know how many years, but I had um, her dad, uh, who I worked with, had brought her to me when she was 16 or 17. You may have seen this this statement. And she said, thank you to me for um, coaching her to become the nurse that she is today. And for me, when we talk about leadership and what it is that each of us learn about ourselves and subsequently that learning then being given to someone else. For me, that's really what leadership is about. It's about paying it forward. It's about paying it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. As as leaders, we we have to to pay it forward and, and leave that lasting uh, impression for the next generation. That, that makes me think about mentoring and mentorship. And once you are, are in, if you think about leadership in regards to a role or you think about leadership in regards to leading yourself or our state of being, I always think about mentorship and mentoring <laughs> And the impact that that has. <clears throat> so can you all talk about mentoring and mentorship and the impact that it had on your journeys? 
So, yes, um, I, I've benefited from some outstanding mentors, um, even one that's a, another uh, co-author, Dr. Christine Handy. Um, certainly she has been a mentor to me and, and been vital in my development. So I think uh, leaders must surround themselves with mentors to help them. So you can pick that phone and call someone and, and have a thought partner. Um, also someone that has been where you're trying to get to and can kind of show you the way. So I think uh, when you have benefited from mentors, um, you also must be willing to give back and, and mentor and serve others. So whenever I get a chance to be a thought partner or a critical friend or provide an opportunity for someone, um, I, I thrive in that because I know that I've benefited from mentors. And I think um, especially um, uh, African-American leaders, we must um, always be willing to uh, pay it forward um, because I think um, the ultimate gift that we can give back is uh, helping someone else along uh, their journey as they pursue their destiny and what um, they have been placed on this earth to do. So um, I benefited from that. I value those relationships. And I know for a doubt um, that I wouldn't be where I it may not be where I'm at today if I didn't have a couple good mentors in my life. I want to absolutely piggyback on, on what he just said. I I think that it is vitally important uh, for each and every one of us and uh, those who are even considering uh, moving forward in any capacity to not think of themselves as being able to do it all on their own. It is absolutely in, important to, one, consider yourself uh, as a lifelong learner so that means, in my mind, um, a lot of uh, additional reading and thinking and reflecting on who you are, what are you about, what does life mean, what is the journey about. And then secondly, finding individuals who will, and I love the way you said that, about uh, the, the crit, that critical mentor, the individual who will give you the, the tough talk when the tough talk needs to be given, and, and also the individual who... Uh, is in a position where you you might want to go. You know, for for me and my particular journey, I had no idea where I wanted to go. So I have I kind of have a very odd uh, story, you know, because I never imagined that I would be a hospital CEO. I, that's not. I, it wasn't like you know a plan to be a hospital CEO. I'm, I'm a nurse by background, and I was happy being a nurse. And you know, but my journey went somewhere else because someone saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So one of the learnings from that is having an open mind to opportunities, even when those opportunities may seem far fetched or may create a, a small amount of fear, which is why the, the notion of lifelong learning um, and surrounding yourself by those who can support you both critically and, and supportively um, uh, becomes so vitally important. And, and the other thing, at least for me, that um, was very, very helpful was my willingness to step out of the norm in terms of who my mentors were. Uh, I've often been asked, well, who was your mentor? Uh, my, my primary mentors were white males. Uh, people have said, wow, wow, how could that have been? I said, well, you've got to look at what my journey was. My, again, my, my, um, most of my career was spent in 
hospital administrations. I've been a chief operating officer and things of that sort. And when you look at who's in those roles, they're primarily white males. So, so for me, I really had to to develop a certain set of skills for myself as an African American woman in order to be able to um, operate in an environment that may not necessarily, at the beginning, have been a very comfortable place to be, and to be able to establish relationships that were going to be trusting enough that I could lead uh, effectively, meaning um, that the, the individuals who were going to be a part of the, the team that I was going to be responsible for, that they could see and be inspired by those things that um, we were going to be developing in terms of strategies and goals. So, so I think the, the idea of, I go back to reflecting and values and knowing yourself and, and connecting and establishing relationships being so vitally important because oftentimes we don't know what path we're we're going to take. You know, I know that, um, and and, and uh, Tawana, I know you probably um, in your training sometimes tell people about, you know, uh, developing a plan and working their plan and so forth and so on as it relates to their career journey. And that, and that, and I agree with that because I've done that in some of my workshops as well, but that doesn't always happen for some people. That didn't happen for me. And so subsequently, we have to be open to the opportunity and and not look at it as a place of fear. And I think that was the title of one of your books. You know, so you don't, don't let the fear get in the way of your being able to be successful because there are opportunities out there that sometimes we can't see because we get in the way of our ability to see the future. And um, I, I just... Uh, say that the, the whole notion of the, the mentoring and being open to, open to hearing, if that individual would not have come to me and said, this is what I see in you, I probably would never have gone down the pathway uh, that I had, that I did. I would have never done it had they not come to me. Wow. Wow. That was, that was very powerful. So I'm excited to have uh, both of you on in particular uh, this evening with me because, one, it was very important for for us to be able to share our stories in this book. But when I think about Dr. Williams being an educator, being an African-American male educator leader, and I said Dr. Williams, African-American man, and Dr. Bankston, being in healthcare, and I know you are, are here in the city of Cincinnati, and, and at one time, uh, you know, were African-American CEO of a hospital, uh, you know, those are, are huge. And for, you know, rising leaders to be able to see, you know, yourselves in, in those kind of positions is a critical and necessary thing to give people, uh, especially those African-American young people coming up, the, the idea that it is possible to be in these roles. So can you just talk a little bit about, you know, your influence and, and why it was important for you all to be a part of this work? You said it right Well, there. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> no, you, you said it right there for me, and and I, I and first of all, I love that Dr. Williams is an, is an educator of, of children because that is my key thing right now that I'm working on. Um, I, but and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I want him to talk, so I'm not going to say this much, but I'm going to say this right now. Probably as important as any other decade or era in these United States of America, uh, has it been more important for those of us of African descent and are part of the African diaspora to um, step forward for our young people to understand that they can be and do and have the right to be and do whatever they want to be and do in this country. And, and I say that with fervor. I say that with fervor. Much of my uh, volunteer efforts right now, as, as you know, Tawana, I, I'm, I'm a professor at the University of Cincinnati right now, and, and much of my work is in promoting and supporting African-American students for them to believe that they can do it. And if those of us who have been able to overcome and be a part of the 10%, as, as, as Dubois would say, W.E.B. Dubois would say, those of us who've been able to do it, we have a, a responsibility to make sure that they know we are there and to be a part of helping them to get here too. We must and I would just like to echo on, on those sentiments. Uh, and I look at it to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. And, and I think we all have to be committed to leaving a legacy um, because uh, – uh, when your time is done on this earth, you want to know that you had a legacy, that you made an impact, and you impacted children's children. So um, another thing that resonates with me about this conversation is i never forget this. I was a young teacher, and I used to always have this phrase. And it was just something I did. I would walk in my room, and I would interact with the students, and I would say, hey, young scholars, hey, young scholars. And sometimes <laughs> they would be like, oh, boy, why? that's all he's calling us, young scholars, young scholars. And then I would define what a young scholar is. And it was just my simple way of saying to those students that I believed in you, you are smart, you are intelligent, and I know you're going to pursue greatness. Now, I just did a catchy phrase, but I never forget this. About three years later, I was teaching at this uh, high school, large high school. Someone sent me a letter and he said, hey, Mr. Williams, you may not remember me, but you used to always come in class calling us young scholars. You used to always kind of give us this kind of hope, and, and you had these expectations for us. Well, today I am in my junior year at college, and I just wanted to write you and say thank you for that positive influence. So I would just tell people, don't un never underestimate um, yes. your, your platform. Someone's watching, someone's looking, and you could be influenced and impacted someone, um, and, and that could change their trajectory in life. Uh, and I was trying to struggle. I was saying, well, who is this person? I don't remember, though, right? You know, I have 150 <laughs> students. Every year you get a new – and I didn't know that I was having this impact, and I, and I remember that just like yesterday. So, again, I, I just think that sometimes in our rough moments as leaders – 
we know and I agree with what was just already said, um, especially in this time, I just see a confidence cap with our young people because the yeah. counterculture is, is promoting certain stereotypes or certain images that say they can't do it. So um, those of us who have an opportunity or who have benefited from great mentors, I just think we owe it to challenge this counterculture and provide hope and offer hope and, and try to help our young people uh, know that they can pursue their destiny. So in my yeah. rough moments, I look back and, you know, I got to be extraordinary. I got to pursue my destiny because somebody else's life may be depending on me being the best that I can be. Um, yeah. So that's how I kind of look at it. Amen. Preach it. Yeah. Right. That was that was awesome. You are right. You never know who's watching, you know, who's watching you and, and you're giving hope. There's, you know, your story is your legacy and, and you have the, the power to change the narrative and make it be whatever you want. And when you are working with our young people or in an environment uh, where people are looking up to you, you may be all they have. You may yeah. be all they have, all the hope. Uh, that they have, that they too can make it, and and I know Dr. Williams, you you have a, a good time uh, at your school. I, I see some of the, some of the uh, fun that you're bringing back <laughs> to school and and the learn. Well, that's important. I remember yeah, we the have fun to do that. Mm-hmm. that that I mm-hmm. had. But yeah, go ahead. No, and I just said that that that's even more. Um, that's why it's even more important that you surround yourself with mentors and you watch people and you learn from people because when you have an awesome responsibility of leading um, 1,700 students, 200 staff members, and I guess 3,400 parents in the community at large, you have an awesome responsibility. So um, I think that's even more important as we talked about the power of mentorship and having a critical friend so they can give you feedback so that you can weather the storms that, that are going to come um, so you don't get discouraged. So um, I, I appreciate those sentiments. Yes, yes. So when we were uh, working through and trying to create stories that we wanted uh, the next generation and, you know, our peers and, and, and everybody really who's reading our stories, we wanted them to be empowered. And, you know, there's power in your words. There's power uh, when you say affirmations, when you have tidbits. And I know that you all had some affirmations or have some affirmations of, as leaders uh, that you go by uh, every day. Can you share some of your affirmations uh, that you use? Because every day as a leader is not, you know, is not fun. It's not uh, roses. It's not, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. So what kind of affirmations do you all use to to get through, and we'll start with you, Dr. Bankson. Well, you know, the one that I put in the in the foreword that I coined many, many years ago is know what you value and value what you know. And I have held on to, to that for myself, and I share that with others um, because if it were not for my ability to get a hold of what it is that I believe in, I don't believe that I would have been able to do probably 90% of what I've been able to to do. And that is because I really did spend 
time um, reflecting and understanding what it was that is important to me. And I, I, I really, and I, I have to say, I did not start out that way because I really did start out thinking that I was the boss and people should just do what I tell them. Um, but it wasn't until I realized that the work really does get done through other people and that my job was really to serve those people to be able to be the best that they can be. But in order for me to be able to do that, I had to feel good about myself, right? I had to know who I who I was as an individual. So it started out with me just really understanding what do I value, what's important, and not not like really big stuff, I'm talking what I believe is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is life, what is death. I mean, just really very simple things and being very clear about how far I will go on those things that are important to me so that my credibility and my character would not be assassinated over some junk. So a little um, uh, 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 saying that someone said to me once is that if you make a decision, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is this you're going to die on? So, so when you start having to get to those kinds of decisions, you want to know what it is you're valuing. Because you're going to, you know, all the decisions you make are not going to be you know, good decisions. Somebody's going to not like it, right? So, so you want to know how far you're going to go and what lines you will or will not cross. And you don't want to wait until you're in the heat of the moment to be able to say, well, do I really care about that or not? So for me, one of the affirmations that, that I've used for over 25 years is know what you value and value what you know. And, and I will tell you, I've quit two major, very significant six-figure jobs because the value, it was the value, not the money, that was being questioned. And I would and I refused to have my value, that particular value, the juice was worth the squeeze. I'm out. Right? So now and as I said to young people, you can't just quit your job if you haven't prepared yourself to quit a job. So that that's a discussion for another day. But my but my point is this. It is very important to know what it is you believe in. It is very important to spend some time. I tell all my young people this, all my teenagers over here at the high school that I do volunteer work with, I said, let's spend some time talking about values. we we'll talk about their family values. I do that with their moms. We do it together. What are your values? What do you believe in? What's important to you for in your life? Because that is what's going to help you in your decision-making moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. And Dr. Williams, what about you? What about your affirmation? So uh, I had a couple. One um, that I alluded to in the book um, is all about that on our journey in life, uh, tough times will come. But uh, what I say now is tough times will come, but tough people learn and grow from those times. And I think those times don't have to break you. They can lead to your growth. It may not be fun. It may not be pleasant. Ask, what can I learn from this situation and grow from it? Um, and then one of the things I put in the book I talked about, I write down a couple things and keep them on my desk and try to refer to them from time to time. And it's just a simple phrase, I'm here to make a difference. 
do it. So that's my reminder that I can get in my feelings. I can say, woe is me. This didn't go right. <laughs> but did I make a difference today? Did I smile at someone? Did I go talk to someone and say, hey, how's it going? I understand you're going through this. Sometimes you just have to have empathy. Uh, did I go out of my way to um, help a student who is traveling wrong, but by me sitting down and taking time with them and, and letting them know that I care about them? Uh, uh, all kinds of ways. It doesn't have to be big things. Sometimes it's just the little things. So did I make a difference, and um, and did I get up and do it? And then the one that I put in the book was um, I must pursue my destiny because someone's life depends on me being extraordinary in all areas of my life. So um, those are some things I'm trying to hold on to and just remind me. Uh, that's why I do the work that I do, and that's why I'm passionate about what I do, um, and that keeps me going. Wow. I have to say, it has been an absolute pleasure working with you all and producing such a a high-caliber book that I know that people are going to benefit from. And, of course, we could talk about leadership and personal growth all night long, but our time together is coming to a close. So how can our listener audience stay connected with you, Dr. Bankson? I um, ask that people who want to connect with me, I can go to LinkedIn, um, and it's Karen Jones Bankston on LinkedIn, or they can email me at D as in dog, R period, K Bankston at gmail.com. All right. And what about you, Dr. Williams? Uh, for me, you can check me out on Twitter at Dr. Art Will. I'm also on LinkedIn at uh, just Dr. Art Will. Uh, my email address is drwilliamsarthur at gmail.com. And if you really want to try to find me, I'm on uh, Instagram, Harlan, S-T-A-W. Harlan is the street I grew up on. Um, so it's Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N. S-T-A-W. Uh, so that's how you can get in touch with me. Dr. Art William on Twitter, LinkedIn, Dr. Arthur Williams, and Dr. Williams Arthur at gmail.com. All right. And if you both could just leave our listeners with one last little, just a little tidbit, so that they are able to go on through the rest of this week. They got to get the book for more, but just give mm-hmm. them just a little bit uh, just a little bit more to carry them through until they uh, go throughout the week or go to Amazon.com and get our ebook that is still on sale today. And we'll start with I you, would Dr. Say, oh. no, I would just say get up and overcome that fear. Whatever that fear is, just remember it is false evidence appearing real. So get up. And um, don't let that fear define you. Don't let it immobilize you. Um, it's just false evidence appearing real. Uh, with faith and belief and stick to itness, you can overcome that fear and pursue your destiny because someone's life is going to be made better when you overcome your fear and pursue your destiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Dr. Bankston? I will say that Leadership is about serving others. The, the role of the of the leader and uh, is to really ensure that the environment is conducive 
to those to be able to be the best that they can be in whatever endeavor you're trying to do. And so as a leader, I think that we have the responsibility as we're touching others to help them to recognize that they can and can be all that they desire to be. And uh, we're here to serve. It's about serving others. And that's what leadership is all about. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you both, Dr. Karen Bankson, Dr. Arthur Williams, for taking the time out of your busy schedules to, one, be a part of this project, to be a part of my vision and, and making this dream of mine come true. Uh, I wouldn't have changed it for the world, and I'm so glad that you all uh, took the chance and, and came on this journey with me. And two, thank you for hopping on the show tonight to share with our listeners your leadership tidbits and how they can use those to be better in both their personal and professional lives. And I just want to take a moment just to thank you um, for taking a chance on me to let me be a part of this collaboration. And you are an inspiration. I've been watching you since I've known you. I've only known you a short time, so you're an inspiration. You're inspiring me. So keep doing what you're doing as you build and grow other leaders. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, you all. Thank you so much. As I always say, together we are better. So, listening audience, I have some news that I want to share with you all before we get off of our show tonight. But we launched the book, Leadership Tidbits, on yesterday. And we have achieved bestseller status, which is totally amazing. We were in categories up against other thought leaders such as John Maxwell and Peter Drucker. We were um, in the business leadership and business management uh, categories on Amazon. And so as a new release, we had number four in the business leadership category. We hit number three in the business management category. And I am just so proud, so excited, so blessed, and just really so humbled that together as a team, we are able to achieve bestseller and our message, though, the words that we are, are getting from people who have already read the book, who've already read some tidbits, they are already implementing these strategies that we have put in this book. So that is, is for me, is, is really a blessing. So just wanted to share with you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody who has uh, bought the book so far. Uh, you can get the ebook. It is on Amazon.com. Leadership tidbits. Go ahead and get it today while it's still on sale before the price increases. Hard copies will be available soon. We are also taking applications for the next edition of Leadership Tidbits, so Leadership Tidbits 2. So if you feel that uh, something, uh, this kind of collaboration is, is for you and you have some tidbits that you need to share with the next generation of leaders for you to apply 
and and hopefully maybe see you in the next edition. That application is available at www.leadershiptidbits.com. And I look forward to uh, seeing your seeing your application. So thank you so much for uh, supporting us in this endeavor for our first edition of Leadership Tidbits. If you like what you heard on this special show or any of our shows, and you can subscribe at www.podcast.coachtwilson.com. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast radio show, I would love to help you. You can send an email at dibroadcasting at trendyelitellc.com, and that's all one word. Uh, for more information, again, it's time to plan for 2020, so act now. Get ready now. Go ahead and level up uh, for the new year. So please tune in next week to hear from more amazing leaders. And until then, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.